Story three of the Fairy Ring. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Eddie Winter. The Fairy Ring, edited by Kate Douglas Wiggin and Nora Archibald Smith. Story three. Mother Roundabout's Daughter. Once upon a time there was a goody who had a son, and he was so lazy and slow he would never turn his hand to anything that was useful, but singing and dancing he was very fond of. And so he danced and sang as long as it was day, and sometimes even some way on in the night. The longer this lasted, the harder it was for the goody. The boy grew, and meat he must have without stint, and more and more was spent in clothing as he grew bigger and bigger, and it was soon worn out, I should think, for he danced and sprung about both in wood and field. At last the goody thought it too bad, so she told the lad that now he must begin to turn his hand to work and live steadily, or else there was nothing before both of them but starving to death. But that the lad had no mind to do. He said that he would far rather woo Mother Roundabout's daughter and if he could only get her, he would be able to live well and softly all his days, and sing and dance, and never do one stroke of work. When his mother heard this, she too thought it would be a very fine thing, and so she fitted out the lad as well as she could, that he might look tidy when he reached Mother Roundabout's house, and so he set off on his way. Now when he got out of doors, the sun shone warm and bright, but it had rained the night before, so that the ways were soft and miry, and all the bog-holes stood full of water. The lad took a short cut to Mother Roundabout's, and he sang and jumped, as was ever his wont, but just as he sprang and leaped, he came to a bog-hole, and over it lay a little bridge, and from the bridge he had to make a spring across a hole onto a tuft of grass, that he might not dirty his shoes, but plump, it went all at once, and just as he put his foot on the tuft, it gave way under him, and there was no stopping till he found himself in a nasty, deep, dark hole. At first he could see nothing, but when he had been there a while, he had a glimpse of a rat that came wiggle-waggle up to him, with a bunch of keys at the tip of her towel. "'What, you here, my boy?' said the rat. "'Thank you kindly for coming to me. I have waited long for you.' You come, of course, to woo me, and you are eager at it, I can very well see. But you must have patience yet a while, for I shall have a great dower. I am not ready for my wedding just yet, but I'll do my best that it shall be as soon as ever I can. When she had said that, she brought out ever so many eggshells, with all sorts of bits and scraps, such as rats are wont to eat, and set them before him, and said, Now you must sit down and eat. I am sure you must be both tired and hungry. But the lad thought he had no liking for such food. If I were only well away from this, above ground again, he thought to himself, but he said nothing out loud. Now I dare say you'll be glad to go home again, said the rat. I know your heart is set on this wedding, and I'll make all the haste I can, and you must take with you this linen thread, and when you get above, you must not look around but go straight home, and on the way you must mind and say nothing but, short before and long back, 
short before and long back and as she said this she put the linen thread into his hand heavens be praised said the lad when he got above ground thither i'll never come again if i can help it but he still had the thread in his hand and sprang and sang as he was wont but even though he thought no more of the rat-hole he had got his tongue into the tune and so he sang short before and long back short before and long back and when he got back home into the porch he turned round and there lay many many hundred ells of the whitest linen so fine that the handiest weaving girl could not have woven it finer mother mother come out he cried and roared out came the goody in a bustle and asked whatever was the matter but when she saw the linen woof which stretched as far back as she could see and a bit besides she couldn't believe her eyes till the lad told her how it had all happened and when she had heard it and tried the woof between her fingers she grew so glad that she too began to dance and sing so she took the linen and cut it out and sewed shirts out of it both for herself and her son and the rest she took into the town and sold and got money for it and now they both lived well and happily for a while but when the money was all gone the goody had no more food in the house and so she told her son he really must now begin to go to work and live like the rest of the world else there was nothing for it but starving for them both but the lad had more mind to go to mother roundabout and woo her daughter well the goody thought that a very fine thing for now he had good clothes on his back and he was not such a bad-looking fellow either so she made him smart and fitted him out as well as she could and he took out his new shoes and brushed them till they were as bright as glass and when he had done that off he went but all happened just as it did before when he got out of doors the sun shone warm and bright but it had rained overnight so that it was soft and miry and all the bog holes were full of water the lad took the short cut to mother roundabout and he sang and sprang as he was ever went now he took another way than the one he went before but just as he leaped and jumped he got upon the bridge over the moor again and from it he had to jump over a bog hole on to a turf that he might not soil his shoes but plump it went and down it went under him and there was no stopping till he found himself in a nasty deep dark hole at first he could see nothing but when he had been there a while he caught a glimpse of a rat with a bunch of keys at the tip of her tail who came wiggle waggle up to him what you here my boy said the rat that was nice of you to wish to see me so soon again you are very eager that i can see but you really must wait a while for there is still something wanting to my dower though next time you come it shall be all right when she had said this she set before him all kinds of scraps and bits in eggshells such as rats eat and like but the lad thought it all looked like meat that had already been eaten once and he wasn't hungry he said and all the time he thought if i could only once more get above ground or out of this hole but he said nothing out loud so after a while the rat said i dare say now you would be glad to get home again but i'll hasten on the wedding as fast as i ever can and now you must take with you this shred of wool and when you come above ground you must not look round but go straight home 
and all the way you must mind and say nothing but short before and long back short before and long back and as she said that she gave him a thread of wool in his hand heaven be praised said the lad that i got away thither i'll never go again if i can help it and so he sang and jumped as he was wont as for the rat-hole he thought no more about it but as he got his tongue into tune he sang short before and long back short before and long back and so he kept on the whole way home when he had got into the yard at home again he turned and looked behind him and there lay the finest cloth more than many hundred ells ay almost above half a mile long and so fine that no town dandy could have had finer cloth to his coat mother mother come out cried the lad so the goody came out of doors and clapped her hands and was almost ready to swoon for joy when she saw all that lovely cloth and then he had to tell her how he had got it and how it had all happened to him from first to last then they had a fine time of it you may fancy the lad got new clothes of the finest sort and the goody went off to the town and sold the cloth by little and little and made heaps of money then she decked out her cottage and looked as smart in her old days as though she had been born a lady so they lived well and happily but at last that money came to an end too and so the day came when the goody had no more food in the house and then she told her son he really must turn his hand to work and live like the rest of the world else there was nothing but starvation staring both of them in the face but the lad thought it far better to go to mother roundabout and woo her daughter this time the goody thought so too and said not a word against it for now he had new clothes of the finest kind and he looked so well she thought it quite out of the question that any one could say no to so smart a lad so she smartened him up and made him as tidy as she could and he himself brought out his new shoes and rubbed them till they shone so he could see his face in them and when he had done that off he went this time he did not take the shortcut but made a great bend for down to the rats he would not go if he could help it he was so tired of all that wiggle-waggle and that everlasting bridal gossip as for the weather and the ways they were just as they had been twice before the sun shone so that it was dazzling on the pools and the bog-holes and the lad sang and sprang as he was wont but just as he sang and jumped before he knew where he was he was on the very same bridge across the bog again so he tried to jump from the bridge over a bog-hole on to a tuft that he might not dirty his bright shoes plump it went and it gave way with him and there was no stopping till he was down in the same nasty deep dark hole again at first he was glad for he could see nothing but when he had been there a while he had a glimpse of the ugly rat and loath he was to see her with the bunch of keys at the end of her tail good day my boy said the rat you are heartily welcome again for i see you can't bear to be any longer without me thank you thank you kindly but now everything is ready for the wedding and we shall set off to church at once something dreadful is going to happen thought the lad but he said nothing out loud then the rat whistled and they came swarming out such a lot of small rats and mice of all the holes and crannies 
and six big rats came harnessed to a frying-pan two mice got up behind as footmen and two got up before and drove some two got into the pan and the rat with a bunch of keys at her tail took her seat among them then she said to the lad this road is a little narrow here so you must be good enough to walk by the side of the carriage my darling boy till it gets broader and then you shall have leave to sit up in the carriage alongside me very fine that will be i dare say thought the lad if i were only well above ground i'd run away from the whole pack of you that was what he thought but he said nothing out loud so he followed them as well as he could sometimes he had to creep on all fours and sometimes he had to stoop and bend his back as well for the road was low and narrow in places but when it got broader he went on in front and looked about him how he might best give them the slip and run away but as he went forward he heard a clear sweet voice behind him which said now the road is good come my dear and get up into the carriage the lad turned round in a trice and had near lost both nose and ears there stood the grandest carriage with six white horses to it and in the carriage sat a maiden as bright and lovely as the sun and round her sat others who were as pretty and soft as stars they were a princess and her playfellows who had been bewitched altogether but now they were free because he had come down to them and never said a word against them come now said the princess so the lad stepped up into the carriage and they drove to the church and when they drove from the church again the princess said now we will drive first to my house and then we'll send to fetch your mother that is all very well thought the lad for he still said nothing even now but for all that he thought it would be better to go home to his mother and down into that nasty rat's hole but just as he thought that they came to a grand castle into it they turned and there they were to dwell and so a grand carriage with six horses was sent to fetch the goody and when it came back they set to work at the wedding feast it lasted fourteen days and maybe they are still at it so let us all make haste perhaps we too may come in time to drink the bridegroom's health and dance with the bride end of mother roundabout's daughter